welcome to episode two of Red Flags and Red Cards. I am one of your hosts, Nick Williamson, alongside Josh Korth. We are Hello. here on this lovely May Day. May Day! May Day! <laughs> <laughs> um, coming off of a strange, strange Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Memorial Day weekend um, is a weekend usually with the Monaco Grand Prix, the Indianapolis 500, and the Coke 600 all wrapped into one day where you do not leave your couch and you drink all the sodas, eat all the chips, and just have a good old time. And unfortunately, Josh, that was not the case on Sunday. No, it was not. Yeah, that's usually the, the greatest day of the year. It is just a spectacular day. And this Sunday, it, it was it didn't even feel like Memorial Day, which I know is kind of weird to say because Memorial Day should be about memorializing. Um, and it, for me, it's more connected to sports. I guess that's a probably embarrassing thing to admit, but it just kind of didn't <laughs> feel like the usual Memorial Day without that. And it just felt severely lacking. I mean, at least we had the 600, but yeah. it was just not the same at all. Like you go to bed on Saturday, <laughs> and, but you really can't fall asleep because it feels like Christmas Eve, and you know, literally like that Sunday is the Christmas Day of racing for me, and I'm, I feel like for you as well, and, and probably thousands of others, uh, it's the one time one time you can get more than your average amount of NASCAR fans to watch a Formula One race and an mm-hmm. Indy race, um, and it just yeah. wasn't wasn't the case, and it was such a bummer, such such a bummer. Yeah, because Monaco, I think most people would agree, is the biggest F1 race of the year. Um, and so that's how the day starts at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then it moves from at noon, you got the Indy 500, which is the biggest Indy race of the year. Um, and then the Coke 600, which isn't the biggest NASCAR race of the year, but it is the longest, um, perhaps even too long this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's jump into that. Um I've been listening to, I think I've, I'm at two or three podcasts <laughs> that I've listened to since uh, Sunday, um, all of which are saying how long that race is. Um, I'm all for, for tradition. I, you know, Daytona 500, Brickyard 400, all the old school racetracks, Martinsville, Bristol, and that. And I'm all for the Coke 600. Uh, but one fact that was pointed out to me was the Coke 600 originally was built off of survival. You know, mm-hmm. can your equipment survive at high RPMs at, you know, four or five hours straight, no breaks? Um, I don't think that's the case anymore, unfortunately. Um, these, now, these cars are basically like, you know, they're, uh, as TJ Major says, they're slot cars. You know, they just you hit the gas and you go. And mm-hmm. it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the last time there was like an engine failure in the 600. You know, that used to be a pretty common part of the race is the will the equipment survive and also the physical toll that driving 600 miles takes. Um, but the drivers are in such good shape these days that it just doesn't have the same effect that the, uh, the there's not the wear and tear on engines and it's not the wear and tear on drivers bodies. I think it was about six or seven years ago or maybe not that long ago, like five years ago or so Landon Castle ran in the Coca-Cola 600 got out and then went on a 15 mile run after the race. Oh my gosh. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so these guys are just in peak physical condition. And so it's not quite the same. Um, and then you get a race like we had Sunday, which was, um, 
quite a letdown after the awesome racing we had all week previous at Darlington, um, where it's a lot of uh, running around in a straight line. Um, so I was really excited about this weekend because um, one of the things I wanted to do was listen to local sports radio and see kind of how they talked about the race because that was the sport that was on. I heard the local channel talking about on Monday, we'll talk about the Coke 600 and this stuff. Um, and then the race was so long and just not exciting that I didn't want to listen to local sports radio going, well, I gave that a shot for 40 laps and then I, I gave up on it because it was just boring. Yeah, that's, a, that's the biggest bummer, I think, of it all is not necessarily for our sakes, but the, the people who don't watch racing. You know, you turn on, if they're turning on the Coke 600, they probably got bored real quick. But you, you spoke about Darlington there. Um, let's talk about that for real quick. We'll backtrack a little here. Um, Denny Hamlin won the second race at Darlington. Uh, the first midweek race in NASCAR in, was it 30 some odd years? 40 something some like odd that. years? Something like that. Yeah. And Richard yeah. Petty like dominated all of them. Yeah, back in the day when like Richard Petty was in far superior equipment to everybody else, and he would just go and destroy yes. everybody on the track. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, that's when uh, old um, Chase Elliott gave KB the old number one. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing that shocked me about all that it wasn't him, you know, walking towards the racing line, which they've made a rule to that drivers can't do that. It wasn't. What was I going to say? Just the fact of him doing it. Like, all that was fine. But it was the um, how Fox just kept the camera on him. <laughs> like, yeah. they didn't take it off. Usually, you know, they'll, 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 they'll catch it, and the guy who's at the switcher will, will switch it. We'll switch mm-hmm. the camera and go somewhere else. And usually one of the announcers will say, you know, we apologize for that. But instead, we got Jeff Gordon saying, oh... He's giving he's giving Kyle Busch the number one. And I was like, oh, we're just gonna ride with this. Okay, and that's fine with me. I mean, I'm all for the drama. You know, it, I it's it, I think it's great for the sport. But that was the biggest thing that shocked me. Nothing else. It really was like it was the the week NASCAR needed to have. It was a perfect week for um, getting people invested and interested, which. I don't mean to keep coming back to it, but that's kind of what makes the 600 being so bland um, hurt is because, like, you had this awesome racing. Just all night, Wednesday night, the racing was fantastic. Back and forth, drivers going up and down the field. Um, You had lots of cautions, plenty of action. Um, It was just a fun race to watch. And then you have the drama at the end of the most, uh, I'd say, villainized driver in NASCAR makes a very... A rare mistake and takes out far and away the most popular driver at NASCAR, which yes. then led to, as you're saying, that uh, um, confrontation from Chase Elliott. And then, uh, of course, the uh, um, I just I loved Kyle Busch's interview afterwards. Um. <laughs> it was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be until he got real snarky at the end. But like, yeah, because um Oh, who was it? Matt Matt Yoakum? Yeah, Matt Yoakum. Yep. Yeah, he was interviewing him, and he kind of asked an obvious question, but at the same time, Matt was just doing his job, and Kyle just responded with, "Well, go ask him." <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you talking to me for? Um, I will say I am surprised that Kyle's um, interviews the last what three races total. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been he hasn't been quite a curmudgeon. He's he's had some uh, flair to him. 
which I like to see. I mean, I mm-hmm. I, I know what's going to happen is he's going to be like Jeff Gordon, where I hate I hated Jeff Gordon as a kid. And then now I'm just like, oh, it's Jeff. I love Jeff. Right. I really hope that happens with Kyle. Like, I really want that to happen. 80% of me. <laughs> the other right. 20%, I don't know. <laughs> well, there's there's two sides to it. There's a side of, there's something just about sports in general that as much as we love pulling for our people, our drivers, or our teams, we also love having those teams that we pull against. Because, I mean, in reality, you know, I don't know Kyle Busch. He hasn't actively done anything to, for me to think he's a bad person. But there's this enjoyment factor out of pulling against somebody or wanting somebody to to lose. Um, and so there's that side of things. But at the same time, what Kyle Busch has done is absolutely incredible. I mean, he's people pick on him for you know going and racing in the lower series and winning so much but that's not something kyle bush started doing that's been going on for decades um but nobody else has won gotten close to 97 xfinity wins i think the second most is mark martin with like 49 so yeah it's just incredible what he's done and eventually we'll grow to appreciate it um but right now it's just more fun to enjoy seeing him lose yeah it's interesting you touched on Mark Martin because I feel had social media been around when Mark was dominating the Bush series in the Win Dixie number sixty Thunderbird. I love that mm-hmm. car. I, he probably would have gotten so much hate, but it's so hard to hate Mark Martin because of his. He just had like a sweet personality to him. Now, if you mm-hmm. look at his Twitter now, oof, you do not <laughs> want to troll him, man. He will he will snap back at you, mm-hmm. uh, which is very comical. Um, but back to Kyle Busch real quick. Uh, he ran the Xfinity race that that Monday and was beaten by Chase Briscoe at a, with a phenomenal win. Uh, I believe Kyle passed him on the low side and cleared him, but then they went back into the, I can't remember which corner, I want to say turn. I think it was coming to the was final back lap, the, maybe? Yeah, it was, it was I think Kyle kind of got a run on him going into, I guess it was, was it? coming to the white flag he cleared him and then chase like fought back um side drafted him from the corner panel all the way back and just drove it into turn one um and they bounced off each other (laughs) just going back and watching the the end of it was just awesome racing Mm -hmm. to watch just looked like such a fun race and then on top of that you have the story behind chase briscoe um with uh he and his wife um they had just had a, a miscarriage right yeah he had found out uh, just like a day before or something like that. Or he wasn't mm-hmm. even home when he found out, actually. Because I believe they were, they were FaceTiming um, and when they, when they did the uh, ultrasound. And it was like uh, the the nurse was just said, you know, we're sorry that the baby's gone or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chase found that out. He couldn't even be with his wife to find that out. So that call, all that, you know, he was... Um, he was really emotional in the car. I was I was listening to a podcast with him on it today. Such a solid dude. Um, such mm. a such a cool dude. He was talking about the emotions that he was going through at Darlington, like in the race car. He, I think he said he had the lead with like fifty or sixty to go, and he just started crying in the car. And then when he realized he was definitely going to win the race, like he, you know, he just lost it completely, and mm. rightfully so. I mean, that's I can't imagine what that emotion's like. Right. Um, I mean, just just the simple act of continuing to keep going about what you have going on. I mean, no one would have 
blamed him at all if they, you know, he took that race and him and his wife kind of took a little bit of time, you know. Oh, sure. Um, but then to still stick it out and then just run one of the most exciting finishes I think I've ever seen um, yeah. at Darlington. Um, it, there, there was shades of the Ricky Craven. I was going to say the Ricky Craven, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Busch race. race, yeah. I'm completely thrown off and loving how much racing there is. Like yesterday I got, I was out at, we were doing things at church and I was watching some, um, some kids from church and I get home and, um, it's like, Oh yeah, there's a race on and there's still, you know, 50 laps to go and there's another tomorrow and another the next day. So it's just, yeah, we've got, I'm uh, loving this. We've got the truck series tonight. Uh, eight 35, I believe is when they're dropping the green flag, kind of a later start. Mm -hmm. Should be good. Short and sweet race. Yep, and then uh, tomorrow's the the cup race, second cup race at Charlotte, and then we got Saturday Bristol Xfinity race and Sunday Bristol Xfinity race or cup race, and it's just it's just a good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm super bummed that I can't go to the Bristol race um, because the governor approved for racetracks to be open, mm. um, but NASCAR and Bristol did not feel like they had enough time to. Um, get everything ready safely for for race fans and whatnot so i was like you know what i get it that's fine yeah which if there's any track that could host a race and have everybody keep social distancing guidelines it's probably bristol right now which is averaging like seventy thousand people at a race and they have one hundred and fifty thousand seats yeah um that place (laughs) is massive yeah i'm pretty sure people social distance without realizing it during like a uh (laughs) <laughs> during an Xfinity race because because they, they open up the whole, all the grandstands but everyone's like oh I'm gonna claim this whole section for me <laughs> and my three friends um, but yeah I was uh, I think I was just reading up I think uh, Bob Parker's posted it's it, from just from his tweets it looked like it was some sort of I don't know if it was a press conference or what but I don't think we're gonna see fan the earliest we'll see fans at a racetrack will be the Brickyard 400 but that depends on local government officials and if they are cool with it from what it sounds like yeah and that's an that's like august 8th i think it is the brickyard now or august it's july is it july oh yeah it's july 4th that's right yeah yeah uh july 4th weekend um whichever i guess that'd be july 6th or something like that um yeah which would also be the indycar race is still scheduled for that weekend too isn't it Yep, july uh no no indycar is june no that's you're thinking formula one uh Right, good. Well, oh wait, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, hang on, let me. <laughs> but yeah, because I know the original plan was uh, to have the they were talking about running the road course there, like in the morning, and then the Xfinity guys are going to be on the road course in the afternoon, and then on Sunday the Cup guys were going to be on the oval at Indianapolis, which would just be the greatest weekend of racing. Oh, so good that you could have. Absolutely. Um. That road course is so cool. I was able to um, watch back when back when IMSA was still called the Grand Am Series. I was able to to watch um, watch that race from the infield, and you can just mm. walk around wherever you want and and watch the race. It's a really cool experience. So to see uh, see an IndyCar there, I'm sure is even more exciting. Yeah, that would be that would that's high up on my list of places that I'd love to see a race at is Indy, um, especially some of the different. Um, in the different styles of racing would be absolutely awesome to see there, um, which we have. We do have IndyCar coming back in two weeks on uh, June 6th, and yeah. their first race is going to be on NBC, um, which is very rare for IndyCar to have races on 
especially a, a primetime race on big NBC. I guess it's like Saturday night. So that will be awesome to get to watch. It's it's going to be a great next couple of weeks. Um, continuing on, it's it stinks. Like this Wednesday, we have a cup race, but then we don't next Wednesday. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That this whole midweek stinks. stuff is really great. Right. Quickly, um, it'll be interesting to see what NASCAR does moving forward. I don't know that the uh, the viewership last Wednesday was quite as high as some people were expecting. Some people were like, oh, yeah, 2 million people watched it. That's fine. And other people, I think Gluck was like, oh, that doesn't bode well for future Wednesday night races if um, you're trying to sell advertisement space to people and you see Wednesday nights getting 2 million people where Sundays, even a bad Sunday, is still getting you know 3.5 million people watching. Yeah, that is, race. A, that is a bummer. I'm wondering what Martinsville will get, because I believe that's a Wednesday night race. Yes, yeah, June 10th Yeah, June, or so. June 10th, which is like the last day of the mandatory quarantine or whatever with, with Virginia, I believe. Okay. Um, so that kind of makes sense why they're going there. Right. Um, right. Man, it's such a bummer. So for those who... Oh, we mentioned this last show. Uh, I grew up going to Martinsville, so and going to at least one race a year. I think there's only been maybe three years not consecutively where i've missed mr race so to miss even one it was such a bummer Mm -hmm. Um, especially the first night like night race like in its entirety not like the last 50 laps night race right um but anyway it's still be exciting to see exciting to watch for sure which for anybody not um that hasn't been to a nascar race or um you know would like to like asking where should they go if they'd like to see one, because a lot of there's even people that don't necessarily like NASCAR would probably enjoy it in person. Martinsville is far and away my number one recommendation to people of the race to go to. Um, unfortunately, last year's where a couple people went for the first time, it was the first Martinsville race that was kind of bland because of the package. But they fixed that. The rules package they has did. been fixed. They uh, <laughs> they are using the smaller spoilers for is what anything under a mile. Yeah. Yep. So a mile and under. So that includes oh, Phoenix and, and Dover. Um, Dover, places like that. Wow, so, that'll be exciting at Dover. Yeah. So it's basically what NASCAR has done in an attempt to uh, make the racing closer because there'd be this tendency at places like Charlotte for a guy to get off to like a 11 or 12 second lead and it to just be really spaced out and boring um, in that regard. Well, to some people's opinion boring um it would uh they put on a higher spoiler and they're also there's other things going on they're trying to have less horsepower to draw in other car manufacturers to be a part of the sport and things like that so they've put on a higher spoiler which causes more drag so the cars don't go quite as fast but the downside of that is the cars don't have to lift off the accelerator as much and there's also other aero related effects that causes it to be harder to pass especially for the lead um and so they did that at all the tracks last year, which produced a lot of really boring races at a lot of really great tracks. Um, so they went about fixing that. So road courses and tracks under a mile at least have this smaller spoiler, which allows people to pass better um, and produce better racing. Yeah, it's, it's such a bummer, too, that we lost Sonoma this year because of the virus and everything with the schedule change. So we don't get to see the carousel this year with the lower spoiler i just i right. literally just thought about this that is such a bummer <laughs> yeah 
yeah, <laughs> that, that just adds such a dynamic to it that would have been so great to watch. Um, but at least we get Martinsville two times still. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Absolutely. We'll get Watkins Glen later this year, so we should uh, still get to see it. And now with the way it is, they're eventually moving to a new car. I think it's the Generation 7 car yeah. is what they're calling it, which from the tests that have been done will seem to race better than this current one with the rules package as it is. Um, but it, uh, they're extending that another year. Um, yeah. I think they're pushing it to 2022, right? Or they, put, they, push, they push it two years? They pushed it. It was supposed to start next year. Oh, you're right. You're right. 2021, wow. right? Okay. I, don't even know, I don't even know what year it is, apparently. <laughs> it's hard to keep track these days. I'm like, part of me is still like, yeah, it's like the mid-2000s, right? 2005. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh we, okay. Yeah. The you're, 90s you're were 15? just like six cool. years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I still think that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, I just found out yesterday, the movie Pearl Harbor came out 19 years ago. Are you serious? I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah, I was – well, last night we were watching uh, – the kids I was watching, they're um, – one's 12 and the other's 9. And I was trying to talk them into watching Johnny Tsunami. And they're like, we don't like old movies. But I won in the end and got them to watch Johnny Tsunami. And uh, uh, yeah. they enjoyed it. <laughs> How could you not like it? Come on. Right. It's, uh, it's a classic. It's a Disney Channel classic. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um, I feel like there's one other NASCAR thing I wanted to point out. Um, oh, this is off the top of my head. Do you think the Coke 600 would ever go away from a mile? Like, we think it would ever go from 600 miles to 600 kilometers. I heard this in another podcast, and I was just considering or wondering what your opinion on that would be. You know, I'm just, I, I tend to be much more of a traditionalist in sports. And so much of me doesn't want to go away from the 600, especially like the mindset is if you shorten other races, you can have like a couple long races a year, but it's just so long. I mean, just a standard race the other day still took four hours and 15 minutes, you know, and there wasn't that many cautions. Right. Um, part of it is just the way NASCAR does things is annoying sometimes. I think Jeff Gluck pointed out yesterday that the Xfinity race yesterday had 11 cautions, totaling 53 laps, and the Cup race on Sunday had eight cautions, totaling 52 laps. So I don't know what it was that allowed them to have so many fewer caution laps um, for the yeah. per caution for the Xfinity race. And I mean, there's obviously other things going on, but there's got to be ways to speed it up, or else four hours is just—it's just long. It is long. Know? It, one, one spotter, uh, Brett Griffin, was complaining about it on uh, his podcast today, Door Bumper Clear. And uh, I kind of take his complaints with a grain of salt because he complains about a lot of things. I love the guy, but man. But he was just talking about <laughs> he it. He's like, he's like, we're just up there for so long. And yada, 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 yada. Mm. Alas, Clint Boyer wrecked early, so he went home early. So I guess he didn't have to hang out for too long. But um, right, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I I'm the same way with the tradition standpoint. I, I feel we can handle that long of a race once a year. I mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see any way around it. When I did hear the kilometers thing, I did kind of cringe a little, but I was kind of open to the idea. And then mm -hmm. I thought, well, what if we did it somewhere else? I was like, well, nowhere else is gonna want to. Well, it just wouldn't feel the same. I mean, you just. It's it's the total package of the the pre race ceremonies, the the just you know, 
the whole thing. Right. You know, you, the that's, perfect what, that's what Mike Joy said. He's like, you have breakfast in Monaco, lunch in Indy, dinner in Charlotte. I was like, yes. Can I do that in real life? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just the absolute perfect day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So it'll be, I, I just hope, hopefully the racing's good this weekend, but if, or this week, but if not people this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, Bristol, make it a point to watch those races because I can almost guarantee you that those races will be exciting. Oh, absolutely. Do we know when the, look it up here if the trucks are going the second race of the trucks oh they're not till june 6th right atlanta wow yeah, that is trucks have a a smaller a, they only have a 26 race schedule or 24 race schedule yeah versus the cup and xfinity which are 35 36 races for for those two and if, so. if there's any avid arca fans out there their first race is june 20th at talladega which is awesome because I paid for that uh, track pass. <laughs> is that the only way you can watch that now? Um, not the only way, but that's the way to watch it like live. I think okay. some of the ARCA races are going to be like Fox has a hand. Like Fox usually shows the Pocono race um, and the Daytona races and stuff like that. But they're they're usually only running about showing about four races a year. But track pass has them all, um, and it's it's a. I just need to go ahead and get it. <laughs> it's not bad for five bucks a month or something like that is yeah. basically what it works out to you. I'm like, yeah, that's worth it for all this racing, um, which hopefully a lot of it will come back soon. The NASCAR Pinty series. and um, That's a cool series, like man. I've watched it highlights is. of those guys. Those cars are, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me more of that. <laughs> yeah. The racing really reminds me of like what I imagine the 90s days to have been like. Um, it's, you know, you tend to remember the pass more fondly you don't think about that year when jeff gordon won 13 races and absolutely bored up the year um <laughs> with, yeah with his totally. dominance but there's some great racing back then and those cars remind me of that cool stuff going on with nascar um and then other sports are working towards their return yeah um, um uh ncaa whoever voted <laughs> to allow athletes to return t- to training uh, as early as june 1st I just kept reading and hearing that we may not even have college sports at all, which would be such a bummer, mm-hmm. um, especially since we didn't get to have March Madness this year. We had a different kind right. of March Madness. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so it'd be really good to see that. And just, just for kind of, you know life to come back. Um, mm-hmm. I refuse to say, I, I refuse to call this the new normal. I, I decide to call this the temporary normal. Of, that's fair you know the social distancing and the masks um and whatnot i know it's still gonna go on for a while but i don't know i'm holding on to hope that this is not gonna be forever <laughs> one day one day life will go back to Absolutely. normal it just might be uh it might not be for you know next there's talking as hockey's announced their their playoff plan um there's also talk about when do they start the next season and what that looks like and there's right now all the all the owners are saying like we won't come back until fans can be in the arena but it might look substantially different in how many fans are allowed in the arena and how things are are placed and um, this could be something we're in for a longer haul um, but one day yeah we will pack out arenas again it's so inconsistent i feel and it's nobody's fault it's just kind of how the the covid cases are going with the progression of some states compared to others and how, you know, like, like uh, Nashville, the city of Nashville, Davidson County, we just moved into our phase two 
I believe, uh, of reopening. And Tennessee as a whole uh, is almost a phase three. Um, and it seems like there's so much more life happening. But then you go like to places like New York, where it's the complete opposite, or New Jersey, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know, you see, you see like a lot of progression in one spot, but you don't see it in the other spot. And I feel like it's going to be a while before we all are in that same bubble, and it, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And especially um, when you're looking at these national leagues, where you have teams that are in all these all across the country, you kind of have to to have a set system in place. You can't have you know the Tampa Bay Bucks having a sold out stadium and New York Giants having an empty stadium. Um, that's, you know, as a league, that seems too realistic anyway, (laughs) (laughs) especially now that, uh, Tampa Bay got Tom Brady and Gronk. Gronk, Yeah. yeah. uh, And they already had a pretty good, uh, basis for a team anyway. So they might, uh, they might be pretty good this year. I I haven't decided yet if I think they will be, (laughs) (laughs) we'll find out. Um, well, before we get a far too far away from it, um, why don't you dive in a little bit to, uh, what the NHL plans on doing. So yeah, the NHL is going to be coming back with a 24-team playoff, um, which um, I'll just briefly point out how embarrassing it is that the Sabres on a nine-year playoff streak will still be missing the playoffs in a year where only seven teams are missing the playoffs. But, you know, that's a whole nother <laughs> bitterness for a whole nother time. <laughs> but uh, So the way it'll work is it'll basically the top 12 teams from each conference are making the playoffs with the top four seeds getting a first round bye, and the uh, bottom eight seeds playing in a best of five series to um, decide which teams will advance into the regular playoffs and then which teams will be eliminated and will then go into the the draft lottery. Um, And so of those teams getting a bye, I believe they're going to have them play a game or two just to kind of have them get some type of like preseason or um, I think they're going to play each other once to determine. Yeah, they're going to play each other once to determine who the top four seeds are in the playoffs. Um, because otherwise, the thing that I'm interested to see is how much of an advantage those teams that have played a series will have over the teams that get a first round bye. But anyway, so top four teams automatically into the next round. The next eight would play a best of five series with those the winners advancing to the the pretty much regular Stanley Cup playoffs and everyone else goes home. So weird. Yes. I'm, it's going to be weird, but it's going to be so freaking exciting, I think. Um, just This is going to be a lot of hockey in a short amount of time, kind of like what we're witnessing with racing. You know, you got to mm-hmm. like, you just got to put it all in one, one, <laughs> one block of time. And say, all right, and you just hit the go button and then everything just goes crazy. Yeah, and it'll be it'll just be fascinating to see kind of how all of this plays out, um, and even the discussions. Have you watched any of the uh, or seen any of the highlights of? Um, I think it's is it Borussia Dortmund that was or Bayern Munich. One of them is pumping in like sound into the arena. I like heard talks fans. about it. I never heard a official word. Is that right? They one of them did it, and I I don't know. I'm curious. I haven't listened to it yet. I need to. I'm curious to hear how it sounds. But I don't know. I don't think I like that. Yeah, but that's weird. At the same time, I think it'd be weirder to watch the Stanley Cup Finals and not hear anything but the players. And then I also wonder how they're gonna mic that because um, those players use language in all sports, and if there's <laughs> no fans to drown out that language. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Oh my gosh. 
uh, here's something. Um, uh, Borussia. Oh man, I'm gonna ruin their name. I can say it, but if, but not if I read it. Just uh, say BVB. No, it's not. It's not them. No, they got <laughs> oh, Bayer, Bayer Leverkusen and Borussia Mönchengladbach. I think is how you say it. I'm the worst. I. That sounds good to me. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. First <laughs> try. <laughs> I think I have some German inside of me somewhere. Uh, they put cardboard fans in the stands. That's right. 20,000 yeah. <laughs> cardboard cutouts. This is from this is from Yahoo Sports. Uh, yeah, both yeah, both of them did it. Oh my gosh, it's so creepy looking. Uh, I'll have to put a link of this in the show notes. But oh, this is. Oh, I hate it. I hate every bit I, of it. It it's it's literally like the uh, like any or like FIFA coming to life, where you have this old <laughs> early two thousands yes. FIFA. And oh my gosh! In the uh, oh man! Yes. Oh my gosh! That is what it looks like. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of those are like the season ticket holders, like their seats. Yeah, for a lot sure. of them have their their seats that their, their pictures now in, uh. which I mean. That's like, oh, well, that's nice, I guess. Oh, my gosh. This is, that is so – I can't look at that much longer. Um, and real quick, uh, since we're on soccer, uh, MLS teams have returned to training. I believe and all of them? Or last, not quite all of them? Probably, yeah, most of them, I think. And I think – are the are the Premier League reporting? Yeah, yeah they, they have, yeah. Um, Oh yeah, have they reported cases? You mean? Sorry. Well, to the I think there were there was this was an article from last week, so things might have changed. But I believe the initial plan was on May twenty fifth, players could like report back to their team and begin going through physical and stuff like that and training together. Okay. Yeah. That I sounds, don't know. If, sounds right. Uh, I hope um, it comes back. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think they were like the seventeenth or the nineteenth of june is a target date for the okay. premier league to or the 26th um one of those dates is what what they're eyeing right now but there's also been i know some positive cases of coronavirus recently that um has a few players worrisome about doing that okay yeah according to espn right now they're saying uh they originally wanted to restart june 12th um and it looks very unlikely that that's going to happen mm-hmm. Which is such a bummer. Such a bummer. Yeah, uh, in one sense. But in another sense, if there's any way that it can work out where Liverpool manages to not win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I kid. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be kidding if it was like Manchester United up there. I'd be like, yeah, don't give it to them. They don't know. Absolutely not. Like The whole whole season's void. We start over again in the fall. <laughs> Which is so crazy. Oh, man. I still haven't gotten money back from my uh, Watford tickets. Yeah, I know. Stuff helps holding on to them. My my brother was the one that bought the tickets. We had tickets for the Hurricane Sabres game. That was supposed to be the Tuesday after all this began. And uh, I don't think he's gotten the money back for that yet either. There, I, th- I believe it's in their terms of agreement that um, you can't get it, your money back until officially the game could not be rescheduled. Mm-hmm. Is what gotcha. I've been I've been learning. Um, so until that happens, which I you know it's not there's no way they're gonna schedule a game with fans. I'm sure I'll get my money back, right? Uh, which will be interesting because the credit card I used to buy that uh, no longer exists. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> maybe I'll just get a credit <laughs> for the next time you're in Watford. And... <laughs> Man, I hope so. Ugh, such a bummer. Yeah, such a bummer. 
Um, yeah. Well, let's see here. Do we have anything else? I think there was some golf that happened. Yeah, I didn't get to watch any of it because it was on TBS or TNT or one of those. Um, it was the Tiger versus Tiger and Peyton Manning versus Phil and Brady, which from all accounts was really entertaining. Um, I was just doing other things slash waiting for NASCAR. Right, okay. <laughs> I think I was actually playing iRacing Sunday afternoon while nice. waiting for the race to start. Very nice. Um, just getting warmed up. Yeah, you know, I had to, I ran a race at Charlotte um, with the uh, st- um, street stock car where you don't lift at all. And it was I was like, I'm really bored running this race. And uh, I can imagine. How well did you do? I think I started 18th and finished like 9th. Okay. Hey, top and 10. It was severe. It was solely because I avoided wrecks. That was all that I did. I think hey. I passed one car. <laughs> That's basically how Brad Kozlowski won the race. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how. He didn't Same pit. Thing. He didn't pit. He didn't pit and won the race. That's the second time this year that the leader has pitted and uh, the guy that didn't pit won the race. So the reality is, unless you're at a place where there's a two-second fall-off on the tires, um, don't pit. <laughs> Honestly. I'm just, what would be a racetrack where it would make sense to pit? Martinsville? Atlanta, Bristol, Atlanta, Darlington, but um, like any cookie cutter track other than Atlanta, because because Atlanta's surface is like, you know, right? It's it so, so rough. Out. Oh my gosh, yeah, um, yeah. It just it's generally if you're at one of those tracks where clean air just matters so much, just just don't pit. Yeah, you know, with two laps to go. What was it? I, Joey Logano had thirty laps on his tires, and um, Alex was it Alex Bowman took two. Yeah, and he like couldn't get around him, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was both, both. Well, yeah, in both instances, early in the race, Alex Bowman took two tires, and nobody could pass him for the next 150 laps. And then uh, same thing with Lugano; he had 30 lap old tires, didn't pit, and yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was Bowman that tried to run him down and just couldn't, couldn't pass him. Right. Two Ugh. or four tires. So. And the only way Truex was able to pass Bowman was because he picked him with the lap car. Right. Right. So uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, I guess that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> right. Oh, so. man. Well, folks, um, thanks for tuning in if you've made it this far. And next week we will be talking about Bristol and whoever tells another driver they're number one. Right. Which hopefully a couple drivers might because that means there's some drama and a big part of NASCAR is the drama. <laughs> yes. We need all the drama for sure. Yes. <laughs> Cool. Well, with that, I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.